Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast is part of the MedEd Media Network at mededmedia.com. This is the MCAT Podcast, session number 23. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. All right, we are back again at the MCAT podcast. If this is your first time joining us, Welcome. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. I host several podcasts, the MCAT podcast being one of them. I also host the pre-med years, the old pre-meds podcast, and specialty stories. You can find everything that I do over at meddedmedia.com. This podcast is one that I do with Next Step Test Prep. If you haven't heard of Next Step Test Prep, they are the premier MCAT test prep company specifically for one-on-one tutoring. And now they are breaking into the course game with a online course all about the MCAT. It's a course that you can take at your own pace, but they have uh, amazing content, a ton of content, more than the other big box companies out there and for a cheaper price. Go check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, that's M-C-A-T-P-O-D, all capital letters, MCAT pod to save some money on their class or their one-on-one tutoring. One of the biggest things I forgot to mention with their class, they have amazing live office hours with the people that actually made the course. And it's not just some random teachers. It's the people that actually put the course together there to help you maximize your score. Again, nextsteptestprep.com. Before we jump in this week, I want to remind you, this is another episode where we cover content and go over questions. So to look at the questions, if you're not driving and you have time to actually open up a website, go to the mcatpodcast.com slash two three and download the question for this episode that we're going to cover. We're going to jump in to this one right now. All right, Brian, we're into week number two of diving into actual questions and talking through questions and answers and passages and trying to figure out how to break these down. So let's dive into this new one here. Sure, yeah. So we're going to do a series of short physics discrete questions. So each one of these is going to be testing one particular concept or one particular application of a concept is how a lot of these questions will end up working on the MCAT. Um, You know, you and I have talked a lot in the past about how the MCAT is a, a, a mile wide but an inch deep. So when you look at any individual question, just remember, this is only an inch deep. I only have to figure out, you know, one or two kind of real hooks to, to open up this question for us. So we'll start with this question at the top. And again, if you want to visit the, um, uh, visit the show page, you can download an actual printout of these questions, make it a little easier to follow along. But I'll go ahead and read them out loud. So the first question says, the flow rate of stomach content emptying 
is 100 cubic centimeters a second. Patients who undergo gastric bypass surgery will increase this rate to almost 1,600 cubic centimeters a second. Okay, so 100 cubic centimeters per second up to 1,600 cubic centimeters per second. Assuming the flow of stomach contents approximates Poisset's law, what change to their GI connection would explain this, provided no other changes occur in the conditions of stomach content flow? And our choices are the connection is two times longer, the connection is four times longer, the connection radius is two times larger, or the connection radius is four times larger. So uh, I emphasized it while I was reading. Of course, on test day, you would be reading this question really quickly. Then you, you would check out the answer choices, go back to the question again, and just refresh it. Okay, I went from 100 to 1,600 for the flow of this, this chyme fluid going from your stomach to your intestines. So we had a 16 times increase in the flow of this fluid. And we have to decide whether the connection is two or four times longer or the radius is two or four times larger. And the question itself actually gives you the clue, is, is Poisset's law. And for the MCAT, there we know, of course, there are tons and tons of equations we have to memorize. Um, and the flow rate for a fluid is something we should at least be familiar with. There's a bunch of constants in there that we don't particularly worry about. But we do need to know that flow rate is proportional to pressure. Right, The harder you push, the more the fluid flows. It is proportional to the fourth power of radius. Okay, radius to the fourth. The MCAT really likes to test whether you know, you know, whether a relationship is exponential or inverse or square rooted. So flow is proportional to pressure, proportional to the fourth power of radius, and inversely proportional to the length of the pipe. So going back to this, to get a 16x, 16 times increase in, pay, in flow, from 100 to 1600, you would only need to increase the radius, right? Make a bigger, fatter pipe, increase the radius that lets more fluid through. Um, but you actually only need to increase the radius two times. If you double the radius, two to the fourth power is 16 times more. And this is actually a question, Ryan, that we use on our diagnostic test, and most students actually get this wrong. They pick that the radius has to go four times larger because they think it is a squared relationship. So this question emphasizes knowing that exponent is going to be real key when it comes to uh, working through equations. What this question also demonstrates for us is that you don't actually have to do the calculation, and in some sense, you don't even have to have the whole formal equation memorized. You just need to know the underlying relationships that it represents. Let's take a look at number 13 here, the next one we're going to try. Which of the following explains why the pitch of a person's resonant voice harmonics rises when they inhale helium instead of air. One more time. That's which of the following explains why the pitch of a person's voice rises when they inhale helium instead of air. And then we have a bunch of answer choices that are going to try to explain that. So we want to take just a second and remember our science. Okay, pitch going up, the MCAT is going to expect us to know that what is subjectively perceived as pitch is the, the, the physical property of frequency. So higher pitch means higher frequency. In other words, this question, now that we've kind of thought it through and rephrased it, is why does the frequency go up when you inhale helium? Now let's check the answer choices. A, the wavelength increases due to the change in temperature from the helium atoms. Okay, 
Maybe. It's mentioning wavelength. Well, hold on to that for a second. The change in timbre results in a higher perceived frequency of the voice. Okay, this is bringing in this outside idea of the of the the timbre timbre of the voice. Um, but it does say higher frequency. So the, again, let's leave that in because that sounds like it fits what we thought the question said. Choice C: the frequency decreases due to the change in air density from the helium atoms. Okay, well, now that says the frequency decreases, and we can more or less stop reading right there. Right, The rest of the answer choice talks about uh, density and so on, but because it said frequency decreases, it's already wrong. Then we go to D. The speed of sound wave remains constant regardless of changes to the medium through which the sound wave propagates. And we would know from our outside knowledge that, well, first of all, the question was asking about frequency, not speed. So D doesn't directly get on point. Uh, but more importantly, the speed of the sound wave does change. It doesn't remain constant. When a sound wave goes from air into solid, it goes faster. Uh, so D is just wrong on the science. So we go back to answer choice A and B. And A said the wavelength increases. And B said the per higher frequency. And again, we were looking for an increase in frequency. So answer choice B is the right answer here. Now, the interesting thing about this question, and part of the reason that, that, Ryan, that I pulled it out for us to look at during today's podcast is because this is given on one of our practice tests, and the majority of students, 45%, actually picked answer choice C, the frequency decreases due to the change in air density from the helium atoms. And my guess here is that students are just reading so quickly, they're rushing, and they feel so pressed for time that they, they read an answer choice that they see the word frequency, they see the word density, they see the word helium, and they immediately start thinking that answer choice looks really good. And what that really reflects for good test takers is you have to take a minute, read the original question carefully to figure out what it's actually asking you. Really understand the scenario being presented before you start just barreling through the answer choices. Um, uh, otherwise, you'll end up getting fooled by a question that talks about density when the whole answer choice was, was just flat out wrong. I like it. And I, I like sucking helium from balloons, too, so that's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and it actually, I mean, B is, is, the, is the truth. It actually doesn't if you put a person with an oscilloscope, you know, like to measure the frequency, mm -hmm. the actual frequency of their voice doesn't change when you suck in helium atoms. It just changes the, uh, how to put this, the texture of the sound, you know, how we perceive it. Mm -hmm. And so we perceive it as being high frequency. Whereas if you asked like a trained professional singer to say, you know, sing a middle C and then inhale a bunch of helium, sing a middle C and you put them up to an oscilloscope, it would show the exact same frequency. We would just perceive it as higher frequency. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Being, being a big science nerd. Science is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so we have one more that we want to uh, look at before we wrap things up for today. So we're going to look at question number 29 now, a little, a little bit more of a straightforward physics questions that most students uh, on our test got correctly. Modern MRI machines use electricity to generate their magnetic fields inside a circular chamber instead of a permanent magnet. Which of the following would not increase the strength of the MRI field? Okay, we're using electricity to make a magnet field. We want to not increase the magnetic field. In other words, leave it the same or decrease the strength of the magnetic field. Okay, A says increase the radius of the MRI chamber. B says increase the power supplied to the MRI machine. C says 
decreased resistance of the MRI machine, and then D, increased current through the MRI machine. Now, this question had the word not in it. And when questions have not or accept in them, you know, blah, 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 accept or all of the following would not or so on, um, it's usually easier to do process of elimination. And this is one where it's actually easier to do process of elimination. Because, if, again, if we look at answer choice uh, C, decreased resistance, and answer choice D, increased current, we can actually eliminate both of them right away because they say the same thing as each other. If we remember um, if we remember Ohm's law, V equals IR, uh, if current goes up, resistance goes down, and vice versa. So answer choice C and D can't both be right. right? If C was right, then D would also be right. So decreased resistance, increased current, those mean the same thing. We can eliminate both of them. So then we have A and B. A, increased radius, and B, increased power. Now, we already eliminated D, which said increased current. And if you increase power, right, supply more wattage, supply more joules per second, that's going to increase the current running through the machine. So again, doing answer choice B, increasing the power, would do answer choice D, increase the current. And so we can eliminate B as well, as essentially B, C, and D all say the same thing as each other. And so we're left with answer choice A, increasing the radius of the MRI chamber. And no, we can answer this question correctly without even knowing the big complicated equation for solving for a magnetic field, um, where you know there's a whole bunch of magnetism equations. And if you couldn't remember it, you can still get your way there through uh, good old trusty process of elimination. All right. So... Another one where the the MCAT at its core is a reasoning and thinking test. Just think through the question, think through the answers, and get to where you need to go without truly understanding really every equation behind the question. Absolutely. I always say it's it's full credit for partial knowledge, right? If you only remembered one equation, V equals IR, that partial knowledge would get you full credit on this question. I like it. Full credit, partial knowledge. All right, there you go. Don't forget to, if, if you listen to this and you want to re-listen to it with the actual instructions, go to the, um, go to the MCATpodcast.com and download the the actual question for this episode. Go find episode 23 and you'll download it there. You can go to themcatpodcast.com slash two, three to download it. All right. I hope you had a great episode today. I hope you had a great and happy new year. And I hope you continue to listen to us here at the MCAT podcast. If we're being helpful for you, please do us a favor. Do me a favor. Go tell your pre-med advisor, your post-bac advisor, your pre-med classmates. That's what I would love for you to do in this year of 2017. Go spread the word about the MCAT podcast and everything that we're trying to do here to help improve your MCAT score for free. I hope you join us next week here at the MCAT podcast and the MedEd Media Network.